Amen. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. I want to I want to preach on a subject that I'm I'm fairly positive that we all have to deal with. Maybe you're going through it now. If you're not, you will sooner or later. Uh, what, what, how many of y'all have ever been under a lot of pressure? I want to preach today on the ministry of pressure. I don't know about y'all, but I don't really like it. I like it easy going. I like it smooth. I like it. I like it when everything goes just right. But I found out in life, that's a rare occasion. Do I have a witness right there? And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna preach this morning a little bit on the subject, the ministry of pressure. Now, usually you don't think those two go together. What in the world, the ministry of pressure? I, I thought ministry was serving. How in the world does, does pressure serve us? Well, you're going to see. You're going to see. Uh, uh, there is a time and a place for everything. Do I have a witness right there? And, and so let's just jump right in. Second uh, Corinthians chapter number one in verse number two. If you found your place, say amen. amen. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all what? Comfort. Who comforted us all in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, Paul is saying by that, he's saying we're going through it. We know the sufferings of Christ. We know the, the beating that he took. We know his betrayal. We know his crucifixion. We know all that he went through. And Paul is saying in life, we are going through suffering. But then we have consolation also aboundeth by Christ. In other words, we're going to go through the sufferings with Christ, but we're going to be consoled by Christ. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. In other words, we're going through what we're going through so we can be able to help you guys, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. Whether we be comforted, it is your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so, ye, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Paul said we were under such pressure that we really didn't think we was going to make it. The word despaired here means uh, we cannot see any way out. But, verse 9, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. 
Lord, thank you for the people that are here today. Great crowd. Thank you for those that are at Fairview. Thank you for those that are watching online. Lord, I, 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 I sense a spirit of heaviness. Lord, there's a lot of people going through a lot of things, some physical, some mental, some financial. Uh, Lord, there, there are just so many variables and so many areas of distress that your people are facing. God, I pray that you'll use this word to encourage them, to help them, to lift them up. I pray, Lord, that your perfect will be done. Lord, I know that you're the God of all comfort. And I pray that you will lift us up today. God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Paul said we were in a bad, bad way. We didn't think we were going to make it. We were under such distress. We were under such pressure that we thought we were going to die. We thought we were going to die. Now, there are, there are many, many reasons why someone would be under pressure. I mean, there, there's various, various uh, variables, like I said. Sometimes we're under great pressure. Sometimes we're under great pressure because of sin. Now, this isn't in your notes. I'm just going to throw this out there while we're at it. Uh, sometimes we, we are under great pressure. We are under great distress. We are stressed to the max because of the lifestyle we're living. Sin, sin. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs thirteen fifteen, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I have found out that when you don't do things God's way, it makes it tough on you. I, I, saw, I saw a meme the other day, had this man looking real funny, and it said, what are you blaming God for? The reason you're in the mess you're in is because you didn't do what he said. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's disobedience. Sometimes it's just plain rebellion against the way God has said to live. Now that's a, that's an easy fix guys. That's an easy fix. It's called repentance. Repentance. When Jonah repented, the whale spit him out. Say amen. Listen, just repent. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, if it's sin, just repent. Sometimes it's procrastination. Procrastination. The Bible says in Proverbs 10, verse 4, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in the summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Proverbs 14, 24. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to poverty. Psalms 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Ecclesiastes 9, 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. Sometimes we are under pressure because we procrastinate. We put the, how many of y'all with me on that? I'm going to raise my hand right there. Man, I get myself in so much trouble just because I keep putting something off. Uh, listen, why do today what you can do tomorrow? Amen. That don't work. Them, them days start piling up, don't they? Then you got tomorrow stuff to do too. 
with the day you should have done today. Listen, let's, let's quit procrastinating. Let's make a plan. Uh, one of the greatest things you could do is get a day planner. Write out what you got to get done. Prioritize that and get busy. Plan your work and then work your plan. Say amen. Sometimes we procrastinate. That puts us under pressure. But then, this is probably my favorite. This is probably my favorite. I, I, I found this meme, and I was going to show you guys. And uh, if y'all got that picture, if y'all got that picture, that monkey and that lion, y'all, is, that, is that up there? Everything happens for a reason. Let me, let's see. And sometimes the reason is you're stupid and make bad decisions. Now, let's be honest. How many of y'all been that monkey? <clears throat> For all you young people in here, learn from our experience. It's not a good thing to take a stick to a lion. Sometimes we're under pressure because we just do stupid things. And usually when we make those foolish decisions is when we hadn't talked to God about it. Are y'all with me? The same principle with Joshua when he went into Jericho and, and defeated Jericho. And then he went to the city of Ai and was, was soundly defeated because he never talked to God about it. I'm telling you, the greatest thing you can do in your life before you make a decision is talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. But see, I don't even, what we're dealing with today is not even about any of them. Sometimes we're under pressure even when we're living right. When we're doing the best we can, we can be in the perfect will of God. This is where Paul was. Paul was in ministry. He was serving God. He was doing the best he could. He was doing everything he knew to live right. But yet he was under such difficulty and under such pressure. He thought he was going to die. Mother Teresa said this. He said, I know that God will not give us more than we can handle. I just wish God didn't trust me so much. <laughs> can anybody say amen right there? Amen. What in the world is God doing? What in the world is God doing? Why is he allowing me to go through this? Why is he allowing this much stress in my life? Why is he allowing me to be under such pressure? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm living the way I believe that God's telling me to live. I'm trying my best to follow the word. What is God doing with this pressure in my life? Number one, we're taking notes, write this down. First of all, <clears throat> I want you to see that pressure softens our hearts. Pressure softens our hearts. The Bible says in Job 23 verse 16, it said, for God maketh my heart, what? Soft. God maketh my heart soft. If there was anybody that had gone through pressure, it was, it was, it have to be Job. We use, we use Job all the time with illustrations about going through trouble and going through trials and going through difficulties. I remember, I remember when I was a kid, I was just a little old bitty fella. And I went into my grandmother's house and, 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 and this is on my dad's side, my, my dad's mom. And, and my dad's mom's old school. She's old soul. I mean, she, I, that's the one I told y'all she'd be, she'd be cooking breakfast. And, and as soon as she's through cooking breakfast, she's getting ready to cook uh, dinner. And as soon as she's through cooking dinner, she's ready for supper. Say amen. 
I mean, she's in there cooking and cooking. Well, I went in her kitchen one day and there was the most intriguing instrument on the stove that I had ever seen. It was a pot about that high and it had a little thing on the top and it was spinning around and there was steam going there. I thought that was the coolest thing I ever saw. And I went in there and I was going to, I was going to grab that thing that was spinning and my grandmother knocked me clear across the room. She said, don't touch that. And I thought, dear God, what? It's a pot. I said, why? Why, Grandma, what happened? She said, that's a pressure cooker. A pressure cooker? I said, why didn't you want me to touch it? She said, that thing could explode. Does anybody know what a pressure cooker is? I said, what do you need a pressure cooker for? She said, well, sometimes there's stuff that's tough. There's stuff that's tough. And, and if you just try to fry it the way it is, it makes it tough. So I'm putting this meat in this pressure cooker and I'm leaving it in the pressure cooker to tenderize it. And after it, we'll take it out and then we will southern fry it. Say amen. We got to make it unhealthy. Amen. He said, it'll be so tender you can just cut it with a fork. And boy, I'm telling you, there's sometimes. There's sometimes I feel like I'm in God's pressure cooker. And what's he doing? He's trying to soften my heart. You know what the Bible says? Now, now stay with me. I'm going somewhere, guys. I promise you, stay with me. Sometimes it's very easy to get calloused in our hearts. Sometimes because of sin. Sin will cause us to get calloused. Uh, we, we have a seared conscience, it says. In, in God's scripture, when we, when we don't confess sin right away, when we allow sin to, to remain in our life and we don't deal with it, listen, we get harder and harder and harder and harder. We get more callous and more callous and more callous. And, and God has to put us in a pressure cooker so we can get back to where we need to be, tender-hearted, loving one another. Sometimes it's sin, by the way, Sometimes it's society. And when I say society, I'm just talking about people. People can make you hard. People can do you wrong. You can sit right at a table and people can just be, be just have no idea how much they're hurting your feelings. By the way, they just keep right on, right on, right on. You want to just drag them across the table. In Jesus' name. Hello. And sometimes they don't even know they're doing it. But we get hard because of people. Sometimes in ministry, you know, it's a funny saying among ministers. Boy, ministry would be great if it wasn't for the people. People ruin everything. (laughs) But you know what? The truth is there wouldn't be ministry if it wasn't for people because people are ministry. Sometimes because of circumstances, because of treatment from other people, we get hard. We get hard. God doesn't want us to be hard. God doesn't want us to be callous. Look what it says. Look what it says. I don't don't think you have it in yours, but just write this down. Ephesians 4.32. Be ye kind one to another. Tender hearted. Say that with me. Everybody say it. Some of y'all so hard you can't even say it. 
Be ye kind one to another. Say it with me. Tender hearted. Watch this now. Watch this now. Forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You know what I find myself? I find myself when I get hard because of treatment of people and, and things said or things done. I have a hard time being kind. And when I get hard, I, I stop being kind. I'm more callous. I'm more blunt. I'm more. Are y'all with me? And I, I find it hard to forgive. And by the way, the longer you don't forgive, the harder you get. The harder you get. Now, I want to I wanna save you some grief. Go ahead and, and, and forgive. That way you don't have to hop in the pressure cooker. Hello. And by the way, the word tenderhearted, the word tenderhearted means full of pity. Full of pity. It gives you the ability to pity folks in their situation. Now, when we get hard, you know what we do? Huh. That's what they get. That's what they get. We see people that's, that's in Travis's, Travis's ministry and we say, well, they just need to get a job. And we don't even understand the whole dynamic of the deal. I didn't. I used, I used to think all the time, bless God, they just need to get a job. They need to I got a job. They need to get a job. And then I spent some time with Travis and found out that it's not always the case. It's not always the case that they're lazy. It's not always the case that, that they're just drug addicts or, or, or they just party all the... No, 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 no. Sometimes there's way more factors. And I just read this morning in, in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, that Paul said, if it wasn't for the grace of God... I am what I am because of the grace of God. Hey, the only reason you ain't on the street too is the grace of God. But sometimes we get hard and, and when we get hard, we have no pity. But tenderhearted means full of pity. And sometimes God has to put us in high pressure situations to melt us and to tenderize our heart and get us back to a place where we are like him and we don't see everything with a callous look. We don't see everything with a hard view. We see people compassionately. He tenderizes our heart. We don't treat people the way we are treated. Sometimes the ministry of pressure is it gives you the ability to see people like he sees people. So number one, the ministry of pressure, what does he do? He makes our heart what? Soft. He makes our heart soft. Number two, watch this right here. Watch this right here. Pressure not only softens our hearts, but pressure shows our flaws. Pressure shows our flaws. Now, where are you... you I, I, when my dad first moved up here, when my father first moved up here, uh, you got to understand we're from South Florida, right? South Florida, South, the Southern part, coconuts, crab legs, sand, beaches, hot all the time. Y'all with me? Hot all the time. I mean, the air condition is running 24-7 every day of the year. I mean, it's just, it, I mean, it gets cold sometimes, but not much, right? My dad moves up here and he rents a house. And that house is 150,000 years old. 
I mean, it's just old. I mean, it, 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 it had, I, I tell you what, the, 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 what do you call them? Pillars that hold up the house or whatever. The pillars were stacked rock. Y'all with me? Stacked rock to, to build the front, you know? And, and so my, my father, he, he's going to save some money, right? And so during the winter time, during the winter time, he didn't see the need to run that heat all the time. We'll cut that heat off. Man, that'll run the, that'll run the power bill up. I'm going to save some money. Bad move. <laughs> he calls me. He calls me one morning. And he said, what you doing? I said, what I'm always doing, I'm at work. What you're doing translates that you need to get over here. I got something for you to do. And, 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 and I said, I said, Adam at work, what, what, what do you need? He said, I need you to come over just a second. I got a, I got a broken pipe. I need you to help me fix. And I said, I said, all right, you know, y'all know what happened. Turn the heat off. Everything froze underneath, busted a pipe. I said, no problem. I'll be over there. Give me just a little bit. And so I get over there, I get over there and I had to crawl underneath the house. He couldn't crawl underneath that. I had to crawl underneath the house. And I look under there and I see there, there was one T that was broken. Uh, there was a, 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 another place in the pipe. There was like three places, three major places in the pipe that was broken. Big cracks in it. I said, okay, I see what we need. Uh, and, and, and then, uh, so I crawled back out of there. And then we went to Lowe's like seven times. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you, do, you, you do not go to Lowe's less than five times if you're plumbing. All right. And so I cut them pieces out and I get everything and man, we got it back together and I'm so proud and I'm having to lay up on, I mean, it's just right, right there in my face. It's just hardly any crawl space whatsoever. And I said, all right, dad, I'm laying under here. I said, I go to the, go to the road and, and, and turn the pressure on, turn the water on y'all with me. Y'all follow me. And he said, all right. And it's like, you got to understand the road's like way away from the house. And I'm laying there and I'm, I'm, I'm in, inspecting my handiwork and I'm looking and, and, and that's all right. He cuts it on and God is my witness. It was like Niagara Falls underneath that house. <laughs> now you got to understand it's freezing cold outside. And I'm, turn it off, turn it off. What? <laughs> turn the water off, turn it off. He finally gets back up to the house. What's the problem? I'm, I call up in the house and I'm just totally drenched. I said, we got a problem. You know what happened? There were hairline cracks all throughout them pipes that you could not see. Until... You applied a little. Now watch this. How does that apply to what we're talking about? You see, there's areas in our life that's obvious, right? There's areas in our life that's got them big cracks that we know I, I need to work on that area of my life. I need to fix this area of my life. You know, we can look at those things and think, man, if we get that straightened out, we're good to go and we work on those areas. But, you know, there are other areas that we cannot. Come on, y'all getting quiet. There's areas that we cannot see. 
There's areas that we do not recognize. We're going right along in our Christian life and we're thinking we're doing good. We're working on this big area and we're working on that big area. Those areas that are obvious to see in our life and we have no idea. There are hairline cracks in our life. There's areas that we can't see that will cause a major disaster and we won't work on them because we don't recognize them until we're put under You see, here's what we got to remember. The pressure doesn't cause the hairline cracks. The pressure just reveals the cracks. Y'all with me? You see, the pressure that God applies in our marriages sometimes. Oh, if we wasn't under this pressure, we'd be doing... No, 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 no. You don't understand. They were there. Those issues were there. Those cracks were there. They've been there the whole time and you couldn't see them and you couldn't, listen, you can't fix something that you don't recognize. So God puts a little pressure in your life so you can say, I need to work on that. You'll never see them. You'll never recognize them. You'll never do anything about them till God applies the pressure. Matthew 26, 41 Matthew 26, 41, he's speaking to Peter. He says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. Two things I want you to write down. First of all, pressure will reveal areas that you can't see. Areas are revealed. And then B, write this, action is forced. Action is forced. Some of y'all, listen, there's areas in your life you should have been working on a long time ago, but you never did anything. So God applies the pressure to force you to act, to force you to deal with it, to force you to address it. To force you to deal with these areas in your marriage. To deal with these areas in your workplace. To deal with these areas in your family, with your kids, or with whatever it might be. Maybe in just in your own spiritual walk and in your spiritual life. You hadn't prayed in forever. You hadn't spent time with God in forever. So he puts you in a place where you've got to turn to him. Because you've turned to everything else and everybody else, but not to him. So he keeps applying that pressure. And you got to say, oh God. And he says, it's good to see you. <laughs> where you been? You know what David said? It's good that I've been afflicted. You know what David's saying? Because it made me. You know what you'll do when it gets cold? You'll look for a heater. Come on, y'all. Don't get so quiet on me. Sometimes God has to apply pressure in our life because he hadn't heard from us in so long. Sometimes... Now, let's just be honest. Let's just be honest a little bit. When things are going great, we don't think about God that much. And this is a universal problem. This is a universal problem. Because when, when God sent the nation of Israel, 
When God sent the nation of Israel into the promised land, he said, I'm going to give you houses you didn't build. I'm going to give you gardens you didn't plant. I'm going to give you wells you didn't dig. I'm going to bless you and prosper you. I'm telling you, you're going to have it made in the shade drinking lemonade. But you know what he said? This is amazing. He said, but beware. Beware. Lest thou, watch this now, forget God. And do you know what we have a tendency to do? I know you might not because you're a lot more spiritual than I am. But we have a tendency to throw it in cruise control. And we have a tendency when everything's going good in our life and everything's going great in our life, we don't seek him like we need to be seeking him. So God has to allow the pressure to turn up so we will come back to him. I remember days, I hate to even admit this. I remember days when, man, we were so small and we were struggling church. And man, there would be times when we didn't even have enough in the offering to pay my salary for that week, much less the other bills that we had. And I'm going to tell you, son, that'll make you pray. That'll make you seek the face of the Lord. That'll make you supplicate. Are y'all with me? Hello? It'll make you sick. Man, I'm telling you, you'll find God somewhere. You let one of your kids get sick and see if you don't remember how to pray. And then God blesses and God blesses and God blesses and you don't have to pray to pay the bills. You don't have to pray to get your paycheck. You don't have to pray because God is blessed with resources. God is blessed with things. And then all of a sudden, you're not praying like you used to. You're not as serious as you used to. You're not seeking him and, and, and begging for his touch and begging for his presence. Same works in preaching. Brother Travis, am I right? There'll be days that you, man, you just got it. Or you got this outline and it's a really good outline. And you're depending more on the outline than your hymn. He'll let you be up there by yourself with your precious little outline. And you'll find out, I needed him. Preacher, I don't know why I'm going through it. Maybe you do know why. When's the last time you just crawled up in his lap? When's the last time you spent some intimate time with God? When's the last time you were seeking him and his presence in your life, his touch in your life, his provision in your life? You got everything going good and now it seems like everything's falling apart. Maybe it's because you hadn't talked to him in a while. Y'all with me? Listen, pressure will soften our heart. Pressure will show our flaws. It'll show us areas that we need to work on, areas that we need to uh, 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 show attention to. Then lastly, number three, pressure will strengthen our resolve. Change that word. I don't like the word I left in there. I changed it this morning. You just, I done printing. I wasn't printing 1,500 more. Scratch that word out and put uh, resolve. Resolve is meaning determination. You're, you're stick them. It'll strengthen our hold. Everybody knows. Everybody knows about weight training, working out, right? We apply pressure to our muscles and it breaks our muscles down. But when they grow back, they grow back bigger, right? They grow back stronger. You tear the muscle cells down and then they, but it, it takes pressure. It takes pressure. 
That's why you got to keep moving. That's why you got to keep walking. That's why you got to keep doing things and, and, and don't let your, your, your muscles atrophy. That's why when people uh, are, are, are in like tragic accidents and they can't walk anymore, their, their muscles just deteriorate to, to hardly anything. Or, or you have a cast on. You've seen people with these. Uh, I, I, Kenzie, when she, when she uh, tore ACL and some of the other girls on the basketball team, when they tore their ACL and then they had that cast and they couldn't use that leg for a while. Man, it, it, you would, it would blow your mind the difference in the size of the leg just over that short period of time. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it's not that you've done something wrong. It's not, listen, it's not that you are living in sin. It's God is trying to develop your resolve. God is trying to develop your faith. There's storms in the Bible that is caused by sin and God uses storms to discipline. We know Jonah. But do you realize that sometimes God will use storms and pressure situations to develop your faith? Do you remember when he sent the disciples? He, he got with the disciples in the boat and they're going to the other side toward the demoniac and a great storm came up and they all thought they were going to die. It's the same thing of what Paul is saying here. We despaired even of life. And you, oh, this is great. What did they do? They ran to Jesus. They ran to Jesus. What a great thing to do. Preacher, I'm under such stress and pressure. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus and get honest with him. Peter was, you know what Peter said? Don't you care? That's what you'll say when you're swimming in the pressure cooker. Don't you care? We're going to die. Do y'all think that God didn't know that was going to happen? God's omniscient. He knew it was going to happen. He planned it to happen. He said, don't you care? We're going to die. We're going to perish. What did Jesus do? He gets up, walks to the bow of the boat, looks at the wind and, and the way. He t- tells the wind to calm down. He says, stop it. He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And then he looks at the disciples. Watch what he says. Where is your faith? Where's your faith? What's he doing? He's using a high pressure situation to build your faith. You see, there was going to come a time when Jesus was going to step on a hill and a cloud was going to descend from heaven and he was going to step on it and go back to glory in Acts chapter number one. And then they were going to be left on this earth to fulfill the great commission. And he needed to build their faith build their resolve, build their endurance. And he could not do that without some high pressure situations. God is going to allow you to go through difficult times to build your faith, to strengthen your resolve, to strengthen your endurance, your ability to hang tough, your ability to stay in the fight, your ability to always abound in the work of the Lord. If everything was easy peasy, you would quit at the first trial. But God has to allow you to go through difficult situations to build and develop your faith. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Look here. First Peter 1 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, for a season, if what? Say it with me. If. 
if, if you need it. Peter is talking to people who are under great persecution. They are being arrested. They're being burned at the stake. They are being fed to lions. He's talking to martyrs. He's talking to people who are giving their life for the cause of Christ. And he said, you may be going through this because you need it. Wow. Boy, that just totally destroys all the prosperity preachers, don't it? You may need that pressure cooker. You may need this difficult hour. You may need this hard situation. What do they need? If ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, where temptations, there's not a temptation to sin, but it's a trial. It's a difficulty. It's a hardship that the trial of your what? Faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory. At the appearing of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we go through things to develop our faith, strengthen our fortitude. Fortitude is just just stick them. Just old fashioned stick it out. Tough it out. I mean, we're just making sissies today, y'all. I'm just telling you that right now. And there was a day you'd break your leg and they'd tell you, walk it off. <laughs> Shake it off. Rub a little dirt on it. Now, I know, I know there's some of that that you don't want people to be without emotions and feeling. And I don't, but I'm just telling you, we've done taking it to way too far. And we've created a generation of sissies with participation trophies. I'm, I, I'm, yeah, bless me, Lord. I need it. I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting frustrated with the lack of fortitude in God's people. Everybody look at me. We still got a lot of lesson to go, so don't be shutting down shop. I read an article this morning. A family in North Korea with a two-year-old, a two-year-old and his family were just sentenced to life in prison because they were caught with a Bible in North Korea. Do you even know where your Bible is? They are being persecuted. They are being killed. I'm talking about they sentenced the two-year-old too. Life in prison because they were caught with a Bible. And we want to cry and whine and complain if it's raining and we got to go to church. Where is our resolve? Where is our endurance? Where is our fortitude? Where is our faith? I'll tell you where it's going to come from. It's going to come from those high pressure situations that we don't like. But when you come out of it, the Bible says you're going to come forth as gold. And all God's people say it. Now, I'm not going to leave you there. I'm not going to. That's what God's doing. 
That's why God is allowing you to say, preacher, I've been doing the best I could. I've been doing everything I know to do. And why would God let me go through this? He wants to soften your heart. He wants to show you your flaws. He wants to strengthen your fortitude, your resolve. Are y'all with me? Now, let me tell you what to do in that situation. And then we'll pray. All right? Let me tell you what to do. Let me tell you what to do. Y'all ready? Everybody ready? First of all, first of all, breathe. Let's take a deep breath. You ready? 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 Come on, come on. Now, I mean, really take a good one. Take a good one. Sure enough. I'm talking about that pre-smoking one. You ready? You see, sometimes when we're under great pressure, our blood vessels start restricting. Our breathing gets fast. And we don't take deep breaths. And, and, and listen, it restricts the oxygen. And when the oxygen is restricted, your brain don't get enough oxygen. And when your brain don't get enough oxygen, you don't think right. Sometimes it helps just to breathe. Take a moment. Stop. Stop. Just pick out things. Get back to reality because you're going to get so anxious and your anxiety is going to run 100 miles an hour and you need to get back to real life because when you're in that anxious situation and you're not breathing right, you're going to be thinking it's the end of the world, it's the apocalypse, and it might be just nothing. Nothing. Just breathe. Just breathe. Philippians says this, be anxious for nothing. Be careful. It's what the King James says. Be careful for nothing. Anxious. The word careful means anxious. Be, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Watch this now. And the peace of God, the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. Say that with me. Shall keep your hearts and The word keep means to stand guard. It means to garrison. The peace of God will stand guard over your mind. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Secondly, what what I say first, you need to breathe. breathe. Secondly, we need to what? Believe. That's in Proverbs, right? Trust in the, come on, trust in the, with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. What do you mean? Trust that if you're in that cooker, you need it. What did Peter say? Come on, say with me now. Say, I I ain't even used up all my time yet. Come on, people. What did Peter say? He said, though you're in manifold temptations, heaviness, difficulty, if need. Just know this, if you're in that high pressure situation right now, If it's not sin, if it's sin, just repent. Just repent. Well, how do I know if it's sin? You know. (laughs) Amen. Because God told you not to do it before you did it. And God's been power driving you ever since you did it. And if it's sin, God will reveal it to you. God's not up in heaven saying, no, guess again. No, no, that ain't how it works. Every time I've got a whipping, I knew exactly what I was getting my whipping for. My dad never snatched me up and just, 
I knew what I was getting it for. And so do we. But if you know there's not an unconfessed sin in your life. And you're going through it. Just believe. In that moment you need it. God is developing your faith or strengthening your fortitude. He might be softening your heart. Maybe you've gotten a little callous. Maybe you've gotten a little tough. Maybe when you see people, you're not tender hearted. Maybe you've got unforgiveness in your heart. Maybe you, you, you stop being kind because you've just been callous because of the way you've been treated. And God wants to tenderize your heart. Then thirdly, what was first? What was first? Say it with me. Just stop. Take a good deep breath. Maybe a few deep breaths. And then believe this is God's plan. I need this. God's doing something with this in my life. And then number three, what's the third one? Say it again. Bring. Bring. What's that mean? In, In Peter, it says this, casting all your care upon the Lord for he, he cares for you. Watch this. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me, everybody. There's two different words here. It's same English words, care and careth. Say it with me. Say it again. But it's two different Greek words. You see the first word, casting all your care. That word means that which disappoints, that which hurts, that which is painful. The things that are keeping you up at night, the things that are breaking your heart, the things that's causing stress and anxiousness in your life. He said, I want you to bring them to me. Casting all your care upon the Lord for he. You know what that word means? It literally means this. It matters to him. You know what the first thing the devil is going to tell you when you're in that high pressure situation that God doesn't, don't you ever believe that? Don't you ever believe that? You better always know that no matter what trial you're in, no matter what fire you're in, that God's hand is on the thermostat and he will never let you face anything more than you can handle. He just might trust you more than you think. Y'all with me? Bring it to him. Tell him. Tell him. Be honest with him. Tell him, God, I'm dying here. God, I'm struggling here. God, I'm afraid. God, I'm hurting. God, this is killing me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Oh, God loves when his children cry out to him. God loves when his children come to him. I want to invite you today to come to him. You're under a trial. You're under a high pressure situation. Well, do like Peter did. Do like Peter did. Come to Jesus, even if it sounds bad. Even if it sounds bad. Jesus appreciated his honesty. Don't you care that we perish? Maybe that's what you need to tell God because the devil's convinced you he don't care. Well, come tell him. Come tell him your issue. Come tell him your problem. Cast thy burden. In the Old Testament it says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. And all God's people say it.